podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Cricket Corner podcast with me, Vatsal Vora, as we look ahead to the second Ashes Test match between England and Australia, which will be played at Lords from Wednesday, 28th of June. There has been a weekish gap between the first and the second test match and which the first test match obviously won by Australia as they have a 1-0 lead in the Ashes won in a very very close encounter by two wickets thanks to Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon towards the end of day 5 um there's there is a lot to talk about ahead of the second test match between England and Australia and a lot of their that talking has to come is coming from the England side of the camp rather than the Australian side of the camp because the Aussies look completely fantastic right now. Two wins on English conditions in a row now, which includes the World Test Championship final victory against India as well, and then winning the first Test match at Baston. Baston, sorry. And yeah, so there has been a lot of chatter coming from the English side of camps. There has been a new addition to the test squad as well so let's let's obviously start talking about the second test match let's start previewing the second test match i mean by talking about england so at the time of recording england have not announced their playing 11 for the second test match at lords but there are expected to be a few changes here and there or you never know ben stokes is such a wily old character that he might not make any changes to the side but I think there needs to be some sort of change because it's the first time that basketball has failed against a proper test playing nation like like many expected England to blast their way to victory but that has not happened and traditional test cricket has prevailed in the first test match at least so there's a lot of things to ponder as far as the English camp is concerned and a lot of that has to do with the bowling department I don't think the batting needs any changes whatsoever yes Zach Crowley did not go well in the second innings, but he did score 70, 60 odd runs in the first inning. So, yeah, I think the batting looks kind of settled as far as the England is concerned. But there have been question marks surrounding the bowling side. Uh, Renan Ahmed, the youngster, the spinner, has been included in the squad. Will he replace Moin Ali or not? Well, that's the kind of question. Do you ex- do you want an 18-19 year old spinner to be thrown into the deep ends of the Ashes against arguably the finest test batting lineup in the form of Australia, the likes of Head, Smith, Labuschagne, Warner, etc.? Do you expect Renan Ahmed to do well in while facing against them? Well, I'm not quite sure, but yeah, that's one of the more interesting decisions which England have made now does the inclusion of Rehman Ahmed Rehman Ahmed sorry does that mean that he's just in place of Moin Ali just to give him some cover or do you expect Ahmed to play in place of Moin Ali in the second test match at Lords because regardless of what the pitch is and looking from the pictures online at least two days before the start of the test match, the pit pitch looks kind of greenish and has a greenish tint to it. So, which may aid fast bowlers. Then, do you then go with four quicks and Ben Stokes as your fifth bowling option, or do you stick with your tried and tested team composition of playing three quicks and a spinner along with Ben Stokes? That's that's another question. But if Emma is in the squad, 
does that mean that it's Moin Ali who is going to be replaced? You you brought Moin Ali out of retirement just to play in the Ashes to replace the injured Jack Leach, and yes, he didn't have a large enough impact in the Edgbaston Test. He scored he he scored a few runs here and there. He got three wickets in total, two in the first innings, one in the second innings, three wickets, but he pulled a lot of overs, had blisters in his hand. Maybe it's just a precaution that Ahmed is in the squad, maybe just to see what Moin's fitness is towards the when when the first test match edge is closer, it is what I mean. So maybe, maybe not, but if... Moin Ali is fit. I guess Moin Ali still plays because he's still valuable when it comes to contribution with the bat. And having someone down there at number 7, number 8 who can come come in and be a proper batting all-rounder is kind of, kind of important as far as the English is concerned. If their top order once again has a little fumble here and there and it's a luxury to have someone like Moin Ali coming all the way down at number 7. So... If Moin Ali is fit, I expect Moin Ali to play. But then again, why is Rehan Ahmed in the squad then if you don't want him to play? There have been talks about how the pitch might aid fast bowling as always it does at Lourdes. So then it's it's a big question mark. But there needs to be some sort of bowling change as far as the English is concerned because once again... It was Broad and Robinson who did a lot of bowling, particularly in the second innings uh, against Australia in the first test. But then, do you then have the courtesy? Do you, do you then drop Anderson? Because Mark Wood is out there waiting in the wings and many expected and many wanted, in fact, Mark Wood to contribute and play in the first test because the pitch was a flat road and it was completely aiding batting and I heard a few people chattering on social media stating that if the pitch is not aiding fast bowlers then why not play someone like Mark Wood who can at least harass and trouble the Australian batting order with his sheer pace the extra pace which he brings he can easily bowl at 145 150 kilometers per hour constantly and that is what you need sometimes when the pitch is not doing anything for fast bowlers some extra pace doesn't matter what the pitch is extra pace is going to trouble any kind of any kind of batting attack so if you then decide to go with mark wood in your team then who do you drop now that's one of the most difficult questions to answer at the moment do you drop james anderson but if the pictures on social media are correct and the pitch is going to be a green one then you need James Anderson in those kind of conditions but do you, but then his record in the first test wasn't good enough I think a couple of days back he did say on one of the interviews that if the pitch continued to be like what it was at Edbast and then his ashes is done he cannot do anything and uh, that's something really worrying as far as an England fan is concerned that James Anderson is completely giving up if the pitches are not aiding any fast bowling but then those pitches kind of aid the basketball scenario so there there this is again a double edged sword in in a way but then if you decide to drop James Anderson then you can easily replace him with Mark Wood and then you can have Ollie Robinson and Stuart Broad now in another circumstance would you drop Ollie Robinson? I don't think so. I think Ollie Robinson did well with the ball. He did score 18 runs with the bat as well in the first inning. So he's he's kind of in a good 
position as far as his selection is concerned. Three wickets in the first innings, two in the second innings and he was looking really dangerous when I think he was the one who was kind of looking dangerous to pick up a wicket when Cummins and Lyon were going towards the victory towards the end of day five in the first test along with Stuart Broad that is. So I don't think you can drop Ollie Robinson. I think Stuart Broad had an incredible incredible innings with the ball incredible incredible game with the ball I should say so you cannot think of Stuart Broad I think out of Broad Robinson and Anderson I think Stuart Broad is someone who has completely nailed down his spot in the starting 11 in the playing 11 for the second test match but then it's going to be a really close call between whom do you drop to fit in Mark Wood well I'm talking about Mark Wood for quite some time now there could be a circumstance that he might not get picked regardless of the conditions regardless of the pitch at Lords and England stick with Robinson Anderson and Broad but if you want some wickets on a pitch which is not aiding fast bowling I think Mark Wood is your option and he should certainly be considered in the second test match if and if I'm an England captain if I'm Ben Stokes and I'm in a meeting with English management I would personally drop James Anderson don't get me wrong James Anderson is probably world's greatest fast bowler of all time greatest swing bowler of all time but but then there needs to be a point where England start looking ahead of James Anderson. He's not going to give you another two or three years in international cricket. Maybe this is his final ever Ashes and he might hang his boots after the Ashes. So why not try and inculcate a new style of attack and trust Mark Wood? Mark Wood, he's no young as well. He's 28, 29 himself, uh, approaching 30. So you cannot expect Mark Wood to give you many years ahead. But when he's fit and his injury record has been dicey, but when he's fit, why not utilize him? So personally, if you ask me, I would go with, I would continue with Moin Ali because it's just been one test match. And if his fingers healed, he's recovered, he's back. I expect Moin Ali to be there instead of Rehan Ahmed. And I will personally go with Stuart Broad, Mark Wood and Ollie Robinson for the second test match at Lords. So yeah, that was the bowling department and I think from what you heard already, it's quite difficult for an outsider like me to predict the English bowling unit but due to all the permutations and combinations. But yeah, there I go. I think I'll go with Broad, Wood and Robinson. But I think I mentioned this towards the earlier stages of this podcast that England's batting looks quite decent and they don't need to crop and change. Johnny Bairstow is an interesting one though. Johnny Bairstow scored 70-odd runs in the first innings. So he, he seems to be back with the bat where he belongs. That is the form which, we, which he had prior to that injury. He was just outstanding. So there is no doubt Johnny Bairstow is one of England's best batsmen. But the question marks surrounding his performance came up with the gloves he had a so i think a few so many is not a right word i think he had a few dropped catches he was a bit fumbly behind the stumps and those those errors kind of brought up the question of ben folks again now ben folks is not in the squad so i don't see him all of a sudden being inculcated in the squad and you see him with the gloves with those wonderful black gloves behind the stumps 
or at lords on wednesday i don't see that happening but i think johnny bestow's wicket keeping is a little dicey he might be rustier and there don't get me wrong he's kind, he's a capable wicket keeper he's kept wickets throughout his career be it with yorkshire with with england in the limited overs format or with the test format he's kept wickets in the ipl as well so i think he's he's a sound wicket keeper and it's just rustiness which has been causing those errors so i personally wouldn't look into johnny bestow's wicket keeping a lot but i think it it is his batting which is going to keep him in the side because let's be honest having someone like johnny bestow coming in at number 5 number 6 is such a luxury as far as the english is concerned england side is concerned they have such a stacked middle order which relies heavily on Joe Root and Harry Brook but even if one of those has an off game here and there then you still have the likes of Stokes and Bairstow coming in towards that middle lower order who can contribute with the bat so i there there have been question marks on Johnny Bairstow's wicket keeping i think his keeping is going to be under scrutiny under microscope when the lords test match eventually starts on wednesday but for the time being i think he is well within his rights to keep the keep his place into the start in the starting 11 and and let's see if he has a better game or not once again if he has another dicey game a uh, fumbly game behind the stumps then there would be question marks because then the english squad might this england squad might decide to bring pen folks back but i think that's looking too much into the future i guess for the time being i think johnny besto stays in the team and he would keep wickets so if i am someone from the england management and i had to pick my playing 11 for the second test match in lords the team would be as follows duckett and crowley to open then i'll have oli pope joe root harry brook ben stokes johnny besto Moinali if his finger is fine and he is capable of bowling 40 50 odd overs in the test match if not then i'll have emadin just to have a spinning option or uh, then i'll have mark wood stuart broad and oli robinson to round off the playing 11 so yeah that's that's the england side of the things but let's let's talk about australia for a moment as well i don't see australia having single change and if there is a change i think there will be a change in bowling but australia looks so sound they are completely perfect at the moment their team composition is to to the t and it's absolutely perfect as things look from the outside at least the only change which the australian side can make is they can in- reinclude or reintroduce stuart Oh, I was saying Stuart Broad. No, they can reintroduce Mitchell Stark in the playing eleven, and that could be the only change as far as the Australian side is concerned. Maybe in place of Scott Boland, because I think Josh Hazelwood had a really good game in the grand scheme of things in the first Test match. Yes, he picked up just three wickets, two in the first innings and one in the second innings, but he looked fit. I think Ricky Ponting said in the commentary box that this is the leanest and the fittest he has ever seen Josh Hazelwood and I kind of agree with uh, Ricky himself because Josh Hazelwood looked really good he was coming in bowling good line and length he was he was very active in the field as well so I don't see 
Australia dropping Jace he- Josh Hazelwood, particularly after he didn't play the World Test Championship final. So after out of all the fast bowling options, it's Josh Hazelwood who's got a rest in the World Test Championship final. And the Edge Baston Test was his first Test match in on this tour. Mitchell Stark, on the other hand, if if he's fit and he if, if Australia needs some X factor or some other bowling option then they should probably go with Stark because he does offer you a left arm option which is not available in the current Australian setup because Cameron Green, Scott Boland, Pat Cummins and Josh Hazelwood are all right-handed. So if you need something extra, you need an X-factor, you need something different then you can pick Mitchell Stark. He's, He's pretty handy with the bat as well but so is Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon in fact. So if you do include Mitchell Stark, then he, he could give you another option and could extend your batting in a way as well. But will it be fair on Scott Boland though? Now that's the question which has just popped up in my head right now. Yeah, Scott Boland did have a great World Test Championship final and he deserved his place in the first Test match at Ed Baston. Don't get me wrong, let's get that out of the way. But... In at Edge Baston, he he picked up just two wickets, one wicket in each innings. It does kind of look bad if you are Scott Boland, but then again, he has been a wonderful servant for Australia and Test side ever since he made his debut in the last Ashes. Do you give him a second opportunity? I kind of see Pat Cummings giving him a second opportunity, but then again, if the pitch, it all comes back to the pitch talk, which I talked about earlier in this podcast while discussing Anderson or Mark Wood. If the pitch is aiding a little bit of swing and the conditions look good, I think having a swinging option in the form of Mitchell Stark, who can give you the left arm option as well, is kind of the way to go forward. So if I am Pat Cummings and if I am part of the Australia manage- Australian management, I would personally go with Pat- Mitchell Stark in place of Scott Boland but that's just a personal opinion and as a cricket fan myself I really want to see Stark, Hazelwood and Cummings bowling together and hunting in a trio as far as the Australians are concerned so yeah that's the Australian side of things there's not a lot to talk about as far as the Australians are concerned because they had a perfect game in the at Edge Baston and they are coming into the Lord's Test match on the back of two victories on this English tour now so there aren't many many reasons why Australia need a change in their team because everyone seems to be contributing here and there you get a cameo of 30 from Cameron Green you get a couple of wickets from him so he's doing his job Alex Carey looked good in in the Edge Baston test as well. Steve Smith kind of had a dicey game, but then again, he's Steve Smith and he's batting in English conditions. So you cannot keep him out for long. David Warner, well, I see him getting an opportunity as well. So if I had to predict the Australian lineup, I think it's one of the most easiest things to do at the moment. And any Tom, Dick and Harry can do that. But yeah, if you are interested in Knowing my predicted Australian lineup, I'll personally go with Khwaja and Warner to open, Manas Labushain at 3, Steve Smith at 4, then you have Travis Head at 5, Cameron Green at 6, Alex Carey at 7, Pat Cummins, Nathan Lyon, Mitchell Stark, and Josh Hazelwood will round up the Australian playing 11 as far as the Lord's Test is concerned. 
now let's quickly talk about this grand scheme of things the scenario surrounding the second test match at lords everyone expected england to play their attacking style of play and they did not disappoint in that regard they had a blistering start to the innings in the on the day one in the first test they did have a sudden declaration which many expect ben stokes to do from time to time there were reverse scoops there was quick play there was that was just incredible total baseball sh- scenario at edge baston but then again they did come up on the losing side now this is going to be a massive game as far as the england side is concerned i previously talked regarding this same on the first test match review episode and i did say that the lords test match the second test match is going to be absolutely crucial as far as england is concerned because let's say if something happens and something terrible happens the things go south and england suffer yet another defeat whilst playing in their aggressive baseball kind of gameplay let's say australia come out of lords with a 2-0 lead basically england need to win the rest three test matches not saying that's not possible but that would be super pressure as far as the english is concerned so i think england need to find a balance between their aggressive kind of cricket and some logical kind of cricket i'm not saying baseball is illogical don't get me wrong i'm a wonderful i'm a big fan of how england play cricket and i believe that that's the way forward as far as test cricket is concerned but then again there has to be a balance because i think the pressure is firmly on england at this point because australia basically have told england that you need three wins at least in the next four test matches and with the first victory at edgebaston which is considered a fortress don't get me wrong in english cricket australia have come up with a 1-0 lead and if that's the scenario i think australia are under no sorts of pressure they'll go out there and they'll play their normal kind of cricket and it's all i think all the trial and error kind of things will have to take place from the english side of things because they are the ones who are currently under pressure and if there is an odd day here and there and the pressure does come back on english shoulders i think it is going to be really really difficult because england basically need this it's it's not a must win game you can still have a draw or a defeat and you can still have a chance of winning and retain regaining the ashes but then again winning three test matches in a row is kind of difficult but so england basically need a win here to to get that pressure off their back in a way one one after two test matches is kind of of kind of a right scenario you can expect that to happen from time to time but then 2-0 after two test matches is going to be really difficult to come back from so england need to be really cautious in the in the style of play in the team they select and what not but then again ben stokes has said that he is not going to change his approach after just one test match and i don't see why they should let i i did talk about this earlier as well that it was kind of a narrow defeat the game could have gone either way and it unfortunately for unfortunately for england it did not go their side but then again that's how test cricket rolls it's it's a throw of a dice sometimes and sometimes if it doesn't land even if it lands odd then you are in trouble so yeah a lot to ponder as far as the england is con- england side is concerned 
and that's that's the reason why i'm kind of worried for england because i know for a fact that they are not going to change their approach in any stretch of imagination they're going to continue playing that aggressive style of test cricket but then where will that aggressive style of cricket lead to in the second test match at lords because lords is kind of their place they they have a good record they they want to do well at lords so all that will put extra pressure on their shoulders and with the series already 1-0 in australia's favor i think this particular test match could be the making of uh, in an incredible ashes series in the coming few weeks but yeah that's the preview done for the second test match at lords which begins on the 28th of june at oh, at lords obviously yeah but my personal predictions well i am completely on the fence right now but if i had to predict a winner i would personally go with england i think the pressure's on but when the english side particularly particularly under stokes when they are in under pressure they kind of dig deep and come back stronger so i expect them to come out there and get the win but then again it's a five day marathon and you never know what the scenario would be come saturday evening sunday morning So yeah that's the preview done I hope you guys liked what I talked about regarding England and Australia if you liked what I'm talking about make sure you give me five star ratings on Spotify and Apple podcast make sure you're liking sharing and subscribing on YouTube but for the time being this is me Watsalvora signing off ciao for now Sports Social Podcast Network